Okay, everybody, I've got Shell Verity of Authentically Present with me, who is going to give you some tips, ideas, thoughts on how to keep positive in the weeks and months ahead. Uh, before we just get into that, Shell, Authentically Present, what's that about? Who are you? Where's this come from? Tell us a bit about yourself and what Authentically Present actually means. Well, good morning, Andrew. And um, firstly, I'd like to let you know that I am not normal. So um, anybody else out there understands the whole concept. My name is Shell, Shell Verity. And for the last 21 years, I've been bombshelling people into positive action. And that is absolutely fundamentally how it, how it works for me. So my role in life is about positively disrupting people into positive action and enabling them to value their own self. My background's in corporate psychology. I have been working in Authentically Present for a number of years now, and I usually spend my time standing up delivering and facilitating huge conferences and face-to-face -face events. However, with everything that's been going on in the world, we're locking things down and I'm becoming way more focused on the virtual reality and sessions that you and I are on now, and hence the podcast. So thanks very much for inviting me. And we and just for the context, um, Shell and I met uh, helping out with the TEDx Youth in Doncaster, uh, and of course that was all revving together. And you were giving some training tips, and I was coaching a couple of guys to get up to to level for it. And then of course the whole thing got uh, got cancelled for fairly, fairly obvious reasons. But uh, but the the way Shell came across, the things she was saying, totally resonated with it. And I just thought she's got some great stuff that um, would be of use to people listening at this moment in time. So, um, so you're doing a lot of stuff yourself. Um, what, what? And business owners got some challenges going for them at the moment. We're in lockdown as we record this. Uh, that will open up at some point, but it's still going to be some a lot of challenges going ahead. What would be your thought in terms of staying positive focused and getting some um, good results out of the situation we've got going up okay so good results it's really really challenging times at the moment and I think the psychology behind people being able to be real and show up and actually be seen a, is the first challenge because how do you connect with people um, and how do you deal with the, the responses that you're getting from customers how do you handle what the reality of the world actually is at the moment and that's been one of the biggest challenges that certainly I've been working with organizations with companies at the moment is how do you stay on track and on top of your own mental health in this point and give the answers that are available and some people are really adapting well to the change that has been going on people are responding they're changing the way that they're working they're having to put food on the tables we're supporting the NHS, we're supporting the key workers that are out there and paying attention, fingers crossed, to the PM response as well about staying inside and staying safe. Um, but in terms of the way that we operate, it's about making sure that you know that you add value. So adding value in everything that you do is one of the most important things I can say to franchise owners out there, business owners, is about making sure that the teams firstly feel connected is understanding that they do matter, that they are important, and that what they do is um, resonating with and connecting with the customers that they can speak to and how they're going about that, and also how they're then making sure that the day is a productive one. Um, it's been a really difficult time for teams, and how do you then work from home effectively? How do you deal with kids? 
You know, you've got kids that are with you who are being homeschooled, who are who need entertaining, but at the same time, how do you remain productive? So I think in terms of the of the way things are operating at the moment, being thankful for what we've got and being of value to ourselves is absolutely the way forward. So it's it's a real challenging time at the moment. So just tap into that word value, because that can have a lot of meanings in a different lot of senses and contexts and all the rest of it. Give us some sense of what you mean by value. Okay, so in terms, in terms of the way that I operate, um, my background is about self-value. So the very first business and organization I, I operated was in 2007, and it was about understanding how to value self. Um, a lot of people don't have an understanding that they, they, they mean something, that they can do something and create whatever they need to. And in terms of value is about understanding what is it that you can bring to the party so what is it you can actually do that's going to make a difference and for me it's understanding three values that you run your life with and making sure that your business operates effectively according to that now for me personally one of them is integrity and that ties very nicely into this into my surname which i'll explain in just a minute we have about making a difference and doing everything with passion. So even when things are failing or when things are a real challenge, I tap into those values. So when you understand what's driving you personally, you can then focus on what, what makes a difference and what matters for you in business as well. So that would be how I would, how I would think about in terms of the value situation. So what was that about your surname? Ah, my surname. Thank you for asking. Yeah, okay. So um, my story, 44 years ago, I was adopted. And um, unlike, unlike um, rather than blaming the situation that was going on, when I was about six, I realized I was a bit different from everybody else. And um, I grew up in Shetland, in the Shetland Isles, with 30,000 white people in me. Now, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm Scottish, which I'm really, really proud of. And also, I'm mixed race, so I'm a Caribbean lady too. So that's, that's always an interesting thing. But sadly, that did mean that when I grew up, I didn't fit in. And I found that that was a real challenge for me. Now, when I was six, I recognized being different. And that's why I started the, the conversation about I'm not normal. And I'm really proud not to be normal. Um, like lots of other people that I work with at the moment, insanity is a great thing. And understanding what your key differences are very important. Now, what I could have done in that whole concept is blame the situation, blame that, uh, that things weren't going according to plan. I could have really held my mum and dad to town on it and um, could have said to everybody else and been, a, been what I call a whirlwind of hell. That could have been a really devastating situation. But for me, in terms of the way that I operated, it was about understanding, well, if I can make a difference and understand what the world is, let me have a look at it and let's understand it and spend some time doing so. Now, for it, I'll fast forward you to 44 years on. So this is, I'm 44 now, which is great. Three and a half years ago, I met my birth mum and I found out that my name was Michelle as a baby, um, which was a little bit different to what I'd already been brought up with as Rachel. So I combined both of them together and I got Rachel and Michelle. And at first, I don't know if anyone's gone on to change depot, at first I um, combined them and I had Rachel Michelle. Now that was a bit of a, a bit of a mouthful, so I changed my mind, and it was it became shell. So for me, it was about honouring and understanding identity. And I always ask the question around what's in a name, and especially in this day and age where we are focusing more on virtual, we're focusing on understanding other people. When you look at a name, you make an assumption. You make an assumption about how credible they are, what they do, if they're capable, if you're going to like them, if they're a bit like your auntie Jean, if you recognise the names. 
And what I realized is that when you think about the name that you've got, or you think about the role that you're recognized as, so for example, now I market myself as a, as a um, positive disruptor because I was known as a whirlwind when I was little. I used to go in and think, oh, how can I shake things up a bit? And um, recognizing what, how that can be translated positively into business, positive disruptor was born. So you have these roles that you have and thinking about what is it that you want to be remembered for. So Shell, in terms of combining that, had a personal message that I had. But also thinking about my surname now, <clears throat> some of you have been through life transitions. For us at the moment, we're in lockdown. You know, we're thinking about things differently in terms of business. In terms of names, I went through a whole divorce situation. <clears throat> Never pleasant. And I also recognized that I was going to write a book at some point. And I thought, you know what? Personally, I don't want my ex-husband to have the accolade of, of my book. So I, I'm going to think about what my surname is going to be. And this is a real challenge, I think, for women, especially in business, is to recognize what when you have an identity, you lose that identity when you get married. And uh, when you get married, you have a new identity, a new identity is born. And when that if that ever breaks down, you then have to think about, am I going to revert back to what my maiden name was? Am I going to stay as I am or am I going to change? Now, one of the reasons why I say this is in businesses, we look at names and we look at names of people and when women change names, and I know men do too as well, but when women change names, it can have quite a detrimental effect on that person's identity as much as a shift change. And I offered this to my husband. So I met my husband three years ago, just as I changed my name. So I went from Phillips to Verity and I chose Verity because it's in time with my values. So you asked me, Andrew, earlier on about what is it that, you know, why does value lead the way that you are? And for me, it was very much about understanding my personal number one value is integrity. And integrity to me is all about being truthful. And that can be quite a challenge in itself, being truthful for everything. If someone says, did your bum look big in this? And you kind of go, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, having, having that whole kind of conversation, but your waist looks amazing. Um, <laughs> So in terms of integrity, that was how everything, especially about making difficult decisions, has been, has been led. And I had a glass of wine in hand and I Googled truth and up popped Verity. And that was how Shell Verity was born. So I'd gone from becoming Rachel Phillips and actually my maiden name was Grantham. I didn't revert back to Grantham and I became Shell Verity. And for me, choosing that identity was something really astronomical because it, it helped me think about what was it that I wanted to achieve. And it ties back into everything that I'd set out to achieve in 2007 um, when I opened up self-value. That was the story that I had in the personal journey about valuing self, but also about authentically present as well as about helping people be authentic and real in everything that they, they do and they become themselves. Um, and interestingly, I asked my husband and I said, you know, I said, we've just met and you've only known me as Shell, um, which is great. And I said, uh, I've just got married to you, which is lovely. And uh, your expectation is that you want me to change my name. And the thing is, I can't because I've chosen this amazing identity. And I said, how about you change yours? And uh, he went in a sulk. And he says, well, you know what? It's, that's not how it's supposed to be. You know, you're, you're the one that's supposed to turn around and, and, um, <laughs> and change names for me because that I'm the man. This is how it's done. Now, he's not particularly chauvinistic in his approach, but it, it made me think about what the expectations are in the way that we operate as, an, as a nation. And um, he said to me, I don't want to change my name. And he stopped for at least six months. 
And the interesting part is he came back and he said, you know what I think we could do? And I said, what is that? I said, how about we double barrel? So if you are reading this and I'm now double barreled, he's taken the leap. I'm still waiting for him to take the leap, which is amazing. <laughs> and we will be Verity Shepherd, which turns out beautifully, which is the truthful shepherd. So Ooh, actually, like Shell Verity Shepherd becomes that. Now, one of the reasons why I'm glad you asked me about my name change is that in business, with integrity being my number one and being authentically present in all that I do, the work that I spend my time with clients and creating magic with, it, it will mean that I'll never ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. And it can be a very tough call in terms of what's going on for business owners and for people who are CEOs and people who spend their time challenged by a lot of stuff that you have to face um, is being truthful about what's going on. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I notice very much now, especially in the lockdown situation that we're in is, we can't hide, you know, we can't, we can't hide anymore. And we really have to be open. We have to be honest. We have to be transparent, transparent with our customers. Because at the time of uncertainty, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, and we're going through so much dramatic change in a climate that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, we're all waiting for the PM announcement at five o'clock. We're all waiting to see what's going to happen. And I know when we had the announcement at half past eight, I knew we were going to head to lockdown. And um, I thought actually it was going to be a few days before. Um, and when you get that call and you think, crikey, and that had quite a dramatic effect on me personally, because I thought that means I won't see my son because he's actually with my ex-husband. He's with my, you know, in, in another respect of home. And that sent me into quite a quandary about, how do I cope with that? How do I deal with that? My world has just imploded. So on the one hand, you have, you know, you've now got kids at home, you've got children who are working from home, you've got that whole idea of, I want to care for my family, I want to keep them safe, I want to be productive, I want to add value. And also for people who are running businesses, you've got a business to keep safe too. So you've got a business where you've got to generate that income. You, you know, as much as the government's helping and supporting, you've got to have that moment where you go, actually, do you know what? I don't know what I'm doing, but for this moment in time, I'm making this decision. Um, and if there's tips out there that I can say to people is, the first and foremost thing is, regardless of how you're feeling and how you're waking up in the day, you've absolutely got this. You, you are equipped. You might never have faced anything like this before, but you are equipped to achieve what you need to achieve. And you've woken up and you've faced the world. So one of the things I would say is you've, you've, got, you've got this. And look at it as an opportunity. So look at it as, as being open and completely truthful and transparent with your, with your customers, saying this is the plan that I've got now that might have only been a plan for five minutes, but actually this is the plan that you've got and you've made a decision. And I was, I was working a few days ago with a lovely client, a lovely lady called Alison. And she said to me, Shell, you know, how do I do this? She said, all I want to do is hide the cupboard. She said, I'm responsible for so many people's welfare, but I also have a business to run that supports the elderly. Um, and how do I make sure that everybody stays safe? And she said, the amount of weight on my shoulders that I have for this is incredible. She said, and I'm not old enough for this. She's like, I feel like I'm six. You know, I want to hide in my cupboard and I'm fighting that Dracula is going to come out and scare me. Um, and I, I, really, I really felt for her and I resonated with that. And I said, you know, it's at this time where instead of it being an I decision, so instead of it being 
all up to you and that weight's all on your shoulders, <clears throat> it becomes a we decision. So start talking to your teams, be open, be transparent about it, have that communication channel open. Um, I spent some time in my, in my early days with Google, so I, uh, in their offices, and they did amazing things where they were actually, you know, present, they go on the walking meetings, but go for a walk, you know, if you've got that opportunity, go for a walk in your garden, go for a walk in your house, so long as signal permitting in my house, it's a nightmare. But um, go for a walk and actually utilize the accelerated learning and, and offer opportunities that you can talk together, that you can collaborate together and don't hide it. You know, um, be thankful for what you have. And I, I spent some time with the team this morning talking about being thankful about stuff and what it is that you're actually grateful for and communicating that because it's all very well noticing stuff, but actually having the gratitude to be able to communicate it. So I think in terms of the three things that I would offer, Firstly, you've got this. Whatever response you've got, choose it. Focus, so stay focused on what matters. So make sure that you're actually having the value add and it's a selfless approach to something rather than catastrophizing and thinking about what if is going to go on. And make sure that you're looking at it for a positive action. So make sure that you can absolutely focus on what is going to make a difference. And that would be what I would offer. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And I, I love the, the bit about the, you know, you've got this because as you say, no one's been in this situation before this, this is brand new, but we've all been through stuff. You know, everyone's had some sort of yeah. issue or challenge to, to battle through and we got through it because we're here. Yeah, um, and so we might need to tweak things a little bit and readjust and we're all learning to how to manage what it is. But the, the, as you say, the skills and resources to live exist uh, within us. And um, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. a couple of other things you came up with, they came out of your stories and I thought they're really interesting. The, the concept of identity, yeah, uh, which is a beautiful story you, you gave there, but identity is going to shift as we go forward uh, and, and who are we and what's our role. And you know, there will be people who lose their businesses as a result of this and they can get all, you know, identity of being managing director of a company and that the title of that company become uh, important to us. But the reality is it's not. No. <laughs> you know th these are things that we've created the truth is who are you the real identity sits within it, it, it is fascinating and i think this is something i've written in the book so um i started my bombshell book i love that concept last summer and what i wanted to do was say it like it is you know and have that scottish tourettes and stories and so there's some of the stories you've heard already about my life but you know, coming back to it, the first question that we ask people is, you know, who are you? So firstly, what's your name? And then the next thing we ask is, well, what is it you do? And we become very hung up in society about who we are. So what our name sounds like first and foremost, and we make assumptions about that, which I mentioned already, but actually the role that you have. So we have this incredible accolade around, well, I'm managing director and I own a business and this is what I do. But actually, it's not about that. It is about fundamentally what makes you, you. And a lot of the time, people struggle with that concept because they have low self-worth. So I know personally <clears throat> what that feels like. You know, I, I grew up and I didn't have any idea of how, how to um, value my own self, which is why I've gone on the whole idea of what it is that we're working on and having authentically present so that people can feel that they're, they're worthy. Um, so it does come back down to understanding, well, well, what makes me me? 
you know, what do I love about me? What do I hate about me? What do I want to do about it? How am I going to be real? How, how do I understand my personality? And how do I get rid of that fear of successful being me? Um, and I, <laughs> the analogy I use is we're so busy doing stuff. We become this like human doing and we're just busy doing stuff. It's like life admin gets in the way. We're focusing on this. I've got a pile of washing. I've got ironing. I've got, you know, a business to run. I'm really important. And we forget that we need to be. And if we were named human doing, then that would be what we are. But we're not. We're a human being. So what is it that you want to be? And I, I liken this. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you have this, you have, you, we've all done it, haven't we? When, I mean, maybe it was just me and I lived in an island. We didn't have any telly and I was always sent outside and doing stuff. But actually, you know, you put, you put, you put your coat over your head, didn't you? And you used to run around thinking you were like Superman and invincible. I did that, take that to the next level when I, um, we grew up in a, in a bungalow and I, I ran off the roof of the bungalow, climbed all the way up and ran off with, a, with, a, with an umbrella and thought, I'm invincible, this will save me. Luckily, it was only one story. Um, but in, in terms of the way that you operate, we forget that we are who we are, you know, and if I get asked that question is, well, what do I want to be today? You know, what is it that I want to be? And that lines up with the value system that you have. What is it you're appreciative for? What is it that you're going to be doing? And um, in the book that I'm writing, it's all about loving self and understanding all these amazing qualities that you bring and without going into what I call the blame bucket situation or, um, you know, worrying incessantly about things, it's actually focusing on well, what makes me me and how am I going to look at the reflection that I've got and be thankful for what it is and how are you going to value yourself and get rid of those negative critical mind mindset where you do yourself damage, you do yourself down. So again, for me, it's not the question of, you know, who are you and what do you do? It's about what is it you want to be? So how are you going to be today? How are you going to show up? What is it that you need from the world? <clears throat> what is it that the world needs from you? What can you offer? Um, and it's one of the things, the analogy that we'll be using a lot of over the last couple of days is give to give. You know, this isn't about um, <clears throat> giving out to get something back in return. It's not like, oh, look, I've given you a present for Christmas and, well, hey, can I have one back, please? Um, you know, we, we give things and the joy that you get from giving, so... This week, I've been giving my services for free, you know, to organizations to help people feel motivated. And I want to carry on doing that because I do genuinely believe that giving people something back means that they feel better. <clears throat> and that's what this is all about. So what is it that you want to do? You can do anything you want to, you're capable of doing. But what more importantly is what do you want to be? So what do you want to be when you grow up? And be careful with those umbrellas and making sure you don't jump too far from story buildings or coat over your head and you aren't seen and then run, run over by a car. So yeah, there's, a, there's all that funny stuff. And for me, <clears throat> in terms of the way that I operate, have fun with it. You know, life is for living. It's about everything that you do matters and have fun with it. Because if you're not having fun, what's the point? Have you read my marketing material? No, I haven't. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and and just tapping into a couple of things more. Just to those who've read the, my book, seen my video, that sort of thing, they will know that the the meaning of enjoyment um, has changed over time. But its original meaning comes from old French, en joie, and. Uh, we talk. We talk about encouraging people, 
and we understand the concept that to encourage is to give courage to somebody and that was what enjoyment actually means in the concept here is true enjoyment means giving joy to somebody else and it's exactly what you said there it's not so much about what we get out of it but of course it's a consequence that we will but it's it comes from thinking of others um and and the other thing you picked up in there which i i just want to we'll wrap up with this one i think um you, you brought this through right at the beginning of your story i think it's relevant right now is the concept of blame yeah. and there will be a lot of people not everybody because everyone's been but it, it's natural at some point to get in that phase of blaming uh, the government for not doing stuff blaming the government for doing stuff blaming you know it's very easy to get where we are now to get stuck in that point so what how did you get out of that when you were young and, and how do you help other people get out of that concept of blame and into action okay so this is awesome i have created what i call the blame bucket so i say fuck it it's going in the blame bucket without swearing. I thought I've given you permission to swear. I know. No, 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 no. So, so to explain, everything in the book has stories and analogies that begin with the F word. I love the F word. If you are Scottish, you know that every single sentence is created as five things. So I couldn't get away with not saying it. So in terms of the blame bucket, it's about looking at what is it that you're doing right now that potentially you're blaming on the situation or you're blaming on somebody else and i put it in the blame bucket and then when it's in the blame bucket it goes away so it's not your responsibility to control it to look after it it's ultimately you've acknowledged what that is you've put it there so that it can stay in that place and it then doesn't affect you so example that i i mentioned is that I, I grew up with 30,000 30, white people in me, you know, being that mixed race child. And, and my mum and dad didn't do me any favours at all because I've got Afro hair, it's lovely and curly now. But when I was younger, they had no idea how to handle it. And then um, they put, they put in their infinite ways and thought, I know, we'll put lovely bunches in her hair. Now, traditionally, when you have lovely long blonde hair, well, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, no, mine were like two big footballs on top of my head. So not only was it different, my mum and dad didn't really help with the fact, I call it bunches now. And this is about feeding back to self and the recognition that I, I look like Mickey Mouse, you know, this whole concept with two balls in my head. Um, and being different and recognizing that you don't fit in you can you can have a response whereby you really are challenged and you could i could have ended up blaming the whole situation about it and, and shutting things down and become quite aggressive about it and i chose not to at that very young age so when i made the first conscious decision about that i was six and wow. i remember it i remember getting asked that question and that was when i when i realized that firstly i am different and secondly it was okay so the biggest thing that I can say to you is we will have the natural tendency to want to blame people because we won't want to take responsibility for it. Sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we don't like it. Sometimes we just refuse to accept it. And it becomes quite an emotional challenge then to go, do you know what? I want to naturally blame you because I don't want to look internally. I don't want to look at internally what's going on for me. I don't want to grow. I don't want to look at that. Or alternatively, we're lost and we're confused and we catastrophize and we think we're frightened. You know, it comes back down to what you said earlier on about the safety element. When we don't feel safe, the first thing that we do is we look to push that away from us and blame other people. 
or blame the situation or blame the unknown because we feel out of control. Um, and take it from me, I am a very controlling kind of personality. I love things to be in a certain way. And it is about letting go. But I won't use the analogy letting go. I'll use a different analogy, which is letting in. So instead of the blame bucket, what you do is you let in other ideas and concepts that may go against what you think that might be different, that might not, you might not even recognize. Because to let other things in means you've got opportunity. And when you become consciously aware of the opportunity, you then have choices. And today, and certainly this lockdown situation, and for the next few weeks, the next months, and I would say the next 12 to 18 months actually, it's about letting in the different opportunities that you might not have recognized before. So put it in the blame bucket, recognize it as it is part of the blame bucket, say, I see that, but what are the other opportunities that I could let in rather than that blame response? Because to blame it means then you don't, you don't move on. Brilliant. Thank you very much. I think on that point, uh, we'll wrap this up. There's been some fantastic tips in there. Um, ways of getting your mindset in the right place and as you say you know you've got the skills and resources get into action start taking some making some progress because some progress is better than no progress and yeah. uh, look to get the people around you get the get connection back in again um, because yeah. we are all in this together uh, but we can help each other through it I would absolutely say that. And, uh, and also, I'm online at 9.30s every morning during my daily kickoff. So this is not even starting yet as we film, as we um, have this podcast. But um, next week, 15 minutes, motivational talks with me. So I'd really love it if you could all join me on that. So you'll find me on LinkedIn under Shell Verity. There is only one because I made up my name. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Is that all they need to do, LinkedIn or do a website? Yeah, LinkedIn. Or yeah, no, no, no. Just LinkedIn, you'll find me. So Shell Verity, V-E-R-I-T-E. You'll find me on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, message me, get in touch with me. And I, I will be, I absolutely will be there to help you with anything. And if it only means that we can run around with our coats above our heads and do that and run around, then I'm up for that too. I'll do it virtually so we can do it together. In fact, that might be for our motivation and powering Mondays. I haven't written it yet. So we all have our coats around our heads, but yes. And remember that you've absolutely got this. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Shell. And uh, it's, it's my hope that we can get Shell in to do a little bit of session for one of our uh, Strive and, uh, Survive and Thrive meetings, uh, which I'll be running on a Monday. So we can explore how we can collaborate on that. Um, but do, do check her out on LinkedIn. And um, in, in the meantime, um, you know, keep safe, look after what's going on, ignore the bings that come in on the audio, um, but just make the best of what you've got, but strive and survive. Uh, See, I can't speak now. <laughs> See, you need Can that. Come up with a nice thing. I know. You've got this, yeah. Andrew. You've got this. Oh, it. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, my mission has never changed. Uh, it never will change. Uh, bottom line is, um, I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. I'll see you later. Bye.